Welcome to episode 64 of Shanlin on Batman. I'm your host, Justin Shanlin. We got Kyle Davis. Oi! <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Australian Alfred. You're bloody right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I got Tom Harper over there. Yep, I'm here. He is hammered. I'm hammered drunk. Like MC Hammer. I'm in the front row and I'm hammered drunk. <laughs> <laughs> drinking all that Australian whiskey. Is there Australian whiskey? I don't know if there's Australian whiskey. I was trying to think of the uh what's Australian for beer? What was that? Foster's. Foster's. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um so episode 64, we have a, a guest to get to. Yeah, we have a guest coming on later, but yep. before that we're going to break down the we're going to break down the ultimate trailer cut of Batman versus Superman DOJ. Holy shit, BVS trailer. <laughs> yeah, this shows a lot of spoilers. A lot of spoilers. There's a lot of spoilers. <laughs> spoilers too much of the movie for me. I don't know if I'm going to go see it now. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to do that. But before we get into that, we are going to take care of some business. Make sure that you're that you're going and you're going to uh, find us on Facebook. Hit up Shannon on Batman. If you want to get a free copy of Batman Rebirth, go... go uh, Message us on Twitter, find us on Facebook, message us there, or hit up our uh, Gmail account, which is shanlinharper at gmail.com, and uh, message us, and we will tell you how to do that. But I'll tell you exactly how you can get that right now. Go to iTunes, give us a review, rate us, That's how, and you will receive a free version of Batman Rebirth that comes out next, well, in a few days from now, because when they, well... Talking about Batman issue one? Yeah, Batman issue number one. Boom. So do that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Does that work for me, too? Like, if I go rate us? and <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you a free copy. Wait, so I can go rate us, and Justin will buy me my comics? Yes! Cool. Done. You guys don't do it because you like iTunes sucks. That's true. So <laughs> I, it's like, I don't even have to do it for you guys. Because you ain't ever going to fucking do it. So I might download iTunes just to do that. <laughs> yeah, okay. If you do it, I will buy you Batman number one. <laughs> I think but if we reviewed it ourselves, might work because be I little... need to. I, I, I work that day, so I won't be able to go pick it up. So. <laughs> uh, I might do that tonight. Uh, go find us on Twitter uh, at Shanlin on Bat. You can find me on Twitter at Batman Shanlin. You can find Kyle. What is your Twitter handle, Kyle? At Looting Kyle. Tom. At Batman Base Slap. And also, if you have not already followed our other podcast, Lords of Film, make sure you do that. It's just at Lords of Film. There's a nice red logo with swords, and it says LOF in the middle with a It little... stands for Lords of Film. Yeah. I thought it stood for something else. Love of Film. Lord of the Flies. <laughs> so And we're sued. Um, <laughs> so let's jump into episode 64. What we're going to do is we're going to break down. There's a lot of people who wanted us to break down the Batman v Superman Ultimate trailer that just released a few days ago, which is the... Showed us a few more scenes of footage from the film Batman v Superman. I never thought I'd do another trailer breakdown. We're of doing a Batman v Superman trailer after the movie's already come out. I know. I was like, that's cool. Weird. But uh, did a poll, had a lot of yeses. 
few knows. So we're going to do that for you guys today. For everyone who wanted to wanted us, here's a special treat for you. For the people who didn't want it, well... You're listening anyway, <laughs> yeah. so here we go. Uh, uh, but before that, uh, Greg Weissman will be on this episode later on, like much later. <laughs> so let's After jump, the trailer. Yeah, let's just jump right into the trailer. So what we do is uh, we're going to watch it. We're going to talk about it for just briefly. Then the second time around, we're going to watch it again. Uh, we're going to say stop. And whenever uh, any of us say stop, uh, we're going to frantically try to stop it. <laughs> we'll probably have to like go back a couple seconds. <laughs> so be prepared. Um, yeah, we're going to stop it. Roger Ebert used to do that. Uh, Tom, Tom usually can break that down for us. Yeah, Roger Ebert did film festival stuff back in the day, and if himself or anyone in the audience stood up and yelled stop, they would literally stop the film right there, go to the scene that whomever wanted it stopped, and they would break down what was going on or your like certain thoughts or whatever. It's just a really cool in-depth way to get into a film or a trailer or whatever you're doing. And you really do end up seeing a lot of stuff that you don't see by just watching it straight through and going, oh, that was a cool trailer. So we're going to watch it one time all the way through and just kind of talk about it a little bit. And then the second time we will do the stop thing. And then the third time we'll watch it again all the way through just to say we did. And it usually goes over very well. We're on uh, YouTube, of course, and you go to Warner Brothers Home Entertainment channel. Which is weird. Which is weird. And for reasons you might know or might not. But uh, Warner Brothers Channel does have this one. It's Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition trailer. So we are at zero. Is everybody good to go? We're all good. So we're at uh, absolute zero, as we say. And I'm going to hit play in three, two, one, click. Warner Brothers logo, blah, blah, blah. DC Comics? DC Comics. Well, I wonder why they used the old DC Comics logo for that trailer. Some, in, some intern messed up. <laughs> I wonder who that, that's talking. It's weird. I think it's More, new footage? I don't know. It could be the guy with the lottery ticket. That's what I was just going to say. I think it was the guy with the More lottery ticket thing. More new footage? It, it seems like this is more Batman's in the shower, wholly turned on. <laughs> the lady boner. <laughs> yeah. I got a huge lady boner. Is that Superman just taking out F-16s? Yeah. Gina Malone. I love the trailer music. Yeah, this music's intense. Love it. Holy shit, they're spoiling the shit out of this movie. Right? Like, I feel like I've watched the whole movie already. <laughs> Maybe in this one, Superman doesn't die. <laughs> Could you imagine that happens? They'd, they'd never kill Superman. <laughs> I mean, how is he supposed to come back for Justice League then? I hope there's more footage of uh, Gal Gadot. As oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, the, I really would get a lady boner. She doesn't do a whole lot until the end, does she? No, not really at all. I mean, all right, so that was a trailer. It's only a minute 38 long, so it's not it's not a long one. 
Um, any thoughts before we get into the stop thing we do? I really, uh, I don't know. Like, I like the music and everything. I like we've already seen the movie at this point, right? Multiple times. I'm, I guess, I'm excited for the the Blu-ray, but I'm, I'm curious at how much extra. I know they, it's thirty minutes, but so, like, is that going to fix a lot of the issues with the film? Do you think? Like I hear. Supposedly, a lot of it's supposed to flesh out the the earlier portions of the movie that take place in Africa or something. But I don't know if that's really going to fix a lot of the, the things where we had pacing issues. So I guess we'll see. I don't know. Like I, I remember that when the j- editor, I think we talked about this on previous episodes, where the editor was like, you know, like we had a lot of editing issues at the beginning of the film because we had to, we had to, we had to make that two hour, thirty minute, whatever the mandate was from Warner Brothers and a lot of the Lex Luthor stuff that happens at the beginning of the film that didn't happen to like more of the middle of the film yeah so I'm curious is like is it just more scenes at f- up front is there more action punches up there's more Lois Lane <laughs> <laughs> she's already in the movie enough she has more scenes than Superman. <laughs> I think she does. I love Lois Lane too, but like it's this isn't Batman v Lois Lane. <laughs> Batman and Lois Lane, Dawn of the Justice League. <laughs> Dawn of the Daily Planet. She Dawn of the <laughs> She she's the one who puts together the Daily Planet. She reorganizes it into a viable communication marketing machine. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Like, Newspapers are still relevant. <laughs> Fuck this internet. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's jump right back into it. We're at absolute zero. And I'm going to hit play in three, two, one, click. Like the music, Rat Pack Entertainment, DC Comics. Oh, and stop. Do, okay, let's speculate here. Who's that voice? Do you think that's like a character? Do you think it's that lottery ticket guy? I think it's the dude that we see later with the lottery ticket. But, but like, why is he? My question why is, why does he have a big old monologue like this in yeah. a trailer? In a, yeah, it's actually Lucas Fox. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Damn it, Morgan Freeman's return. Like, it makes sense if that was if the if like uh, Jeremy Irons did like. I don't know, like, as Alfred did, but, like, for me, like, why is this random person that we have no idea who it is doing a... That's the whole 30 minutes is just one dude monologuing. <laughs> He's narrating the whole 30 minutes. And making the... You wanted like... context behind these scenes? Well, here's some context. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fixed. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm... I mean, that's my best guess right now is old dude with lottery ticket is talking, but we don't know. So like, or like Lex Luthor, or somebody who's actually yeah, some, like, like an actual main character in the film. Yeah, it would have probably. How do you know a lottery ticket guy isn't a main character? But he, might, he might be now. <laughs> I don't... He's a, he's the emotional backbone of the film. The emotional backbone. That's what we were missing. You're supposed to care about him. <laughs> well, yeah. if it takes away some of the lowest lane scenes, <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, I'm so sure I'll get an email about that. You might. <laughs> we're at uh, seven seconds, and we're gonna play in three, two, one, click. Los Lane. <laughs> Stop. Okay, that scene we're with at, Batman, we're at like when he's looking at the, the at the suit. suit. Do you think there's gonna be like? Remember we when we did the commentary track, 
And we were like, man, that was a weird cut because he's like, I don't need the suit or something. <laughs> Alfred's right like, here? you don't need the suit, Mr. Wayne. This scene right here? Yeah. That's yeah, so we're at 11 seconds. Alfred's like, you don't need the suit. Cut to the next scene. Bamage is standing there in the, the suit. suit. Yeah. Like, Alfred, I want the suit! <laughs> but I want do you, do you think there's going to be like some backstory with that scene? Because it's, it's such a weird cut because he, Alfred goes, literally I think, says. I think he's going to go down memory lane and look at all the suits and maybe ha- have some more context behind the Robin stuff. That'd be awesome. I, I would be what, happy. I mean, we'd, we've speculated about that before. I mean, if you're going to put it in anywhere, that's the time to do it right then when he's going through the bat cave and you see all the suits there. That'd be awesome. But like I said, it's just that that sequence jumping from Alfred saying you don't need the suit because Bruce Wayne found out the, all the information. Like he, Bruce Wayne can do all this. Batman doesn't. Then the very next scene, Bruce Wayne's looking at the suit. I'm like, what? suit. That doesn't make any sense. But dad, <laughs> you're not my real dad. You can't tell me what to do. Um, so hopefully that gets fleshed out. I really hope so. Because that was a weird jump for me. Like even still is a weird jump. It's like it's like that scene in Dark Knight Rises where uh Bruce comes out of the He out gets of- out of the pit. Next scene, he's in Gotham right I'm like, what the hell just happened? He teleported there without any money. <laughs> But Bruce doesn't have any superpowers. He's Batman. <laughs> that was somebody's argument. Someone just punched him in the back and hung him up to fix it. So <laughs> he's got superpowers. It was the power of the sun that gave him Superman's powers yeah. temporarily. Obviously. <laughs> All right, let's continue. So we went back to 11 seconds. That's where we're at on the trailer. I'll give you a couple seconds to get there. A couple seconds are up. We're at 11 seconds. Three, two, one, click. See, uh, Wonder Woman. Superman is. Jonah. And stop. And it's like at Kyle, twenty-one seconds. And it, what Kyle said, and this is the same thing I heard, is that this the Africa sequence plays a huge role. Like uh, this is supposed to give us a context of why people don't actually like Superman, even though he's only saved people from what we've seen. And like even in like the the newspapers were what's his face. What was his name? I don't remember. The guy. The guy. <laughs> Scoot McNary's character. I don't remember. Scoot McNary guy, yeah. I was going to call him Rick Grimes for a second. <laughs> what the? Carl! <laughs> Carl! <laughs> Clark! <laughs> I was like, Rick Grimes? <laughs> Did you just Rick roll us on our own podcast? <laughs> I called you. <laughs> But yeah, Rick Grimes comes into the scene, and he has the 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 duct tape or whatever, and you see he's like Superman fixes tectonic plates and diverts earthquake or something. So obviously he had to save a few hundred thousand people, maybe. That's not important. Well, he took lunch, and then another few hundred thousand people died. So he's a <laughs> so big just dick eat for some it. Salad. Yeah, they're like, you can't eat. I just want some egg. You in can't my- be a person. But it, like it looks like this is just an extended sequence of the Africa. Yeah, and I don't know. Are we gonna be able to save James Olsen in this? No, I hope so. <laughs> that was that was tragic. I'm like, why even have him in the? Why even have that? Hey, uh, it's okay if we write in one of the most influential characters in the Superman mythos and just kill him off in like five seconds. That's like killing off Alfred. <laughs> that is like killing off Alfred. Yeah, yeah, it's like that is. <laughs> Yeah, he's not important. Everyone's here for Batman. <laughs> That's the, the, these these uh 
These terrorists are getting revenge on him burning down their forest. Superman just wanted to save James Olsen, who apparently he never knew. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Let's continue so on. We're at 21 seconds. I'm going to hit play in three, two, one, click. Like, she had, like, a minor part in the movie, too. And then, oh, sweet, stop. We're, it's blacked back out, but that's... The, I'm going to back it up here to... Uh, do you think? Do you think this? Okay, so Superman seven is seconds. This is at, after the bombing. At, yeah, after DC, after the DC explosion with Rick Grimes when he blows up his. <laughs> I don't know his name, it's and Rick I've Grimes seen the movie now. five times. <laughs> um, we're professionals. <laughs> where uh, they blow, he blows up the wheelchair. Do you think Superman is out there trying to like help people? Because or is he just like assessing the devastation? Do you it think? looks like he just walks out in a daze, like he's in shock, and then he just flies away. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's more like the I didn't see that happen. Like, what the hell's going on? Like, I should have seen that. I should have saved this. I should have took care of this. And he's just kind of at a loss for words and actions at this point. It's like when Doctor Manhattan's like, "Fuck y'all, I'm going to Mars." <laughs> <laughs> Going to my uh, Fortress of Solitude. And then uh, that Philip Glass music plays. But I don't know. Like, hopefully he kind of, like, like someone's, like, suffocating or something. Someone needs, like, breath of life and he just, like, blows in their lungs and everything. I hope he saves someone here. And they I blow f- up like a balloon. That'd be cool. <laughs> I'll save you. <laughs> Pop. This, this is where Damn our CGI it. budget went. Yeah. Well, because like, I remember hearing, like, some podcast... Or some uh, somebody was an, like an extra in this movie and said that this the the, the scene at the Capitol was much more than what it was at the end. So hopefully, because uh, that that was a weird scene. Like that was another issue of the movie. He goes to the Capitol and doesn't say anything. Yep, I'm here. <laughs> like my cape. <laughs> I'm just like like if you're. Be- I don't know. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go to testify, aren't you supposed to say things? He just looks like weird. His devilish good looks. Are just all please defense. a fifth <laughs> silently, <laughs> and he looks confused the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> is that how? You, is that how OJ got off? I mean, he got off, but he's in now, so oh. it doesn't matter. Let's continue on. No, that glove didn't fit. That's why he got off. <laughs> uh, so we're at 27 seconds. Play in three, two, one, click. Bruce Wayne in a shower. Wait, stop. That sequence where he like jumps up. Let's go back to that. You see that meme or whatever where uh, right there with the, with the, the camera, the the surveillance camera. Like he's so got we went the, back to thirty-four seconds. He's got guys. like the white eyes and everything. It looks like the opening sequence to Batman the Animated Series when he jumps down. There's like an awesome meme of that. It's so amazing. I didn't see it. Yeah, it's awesome. We're out of the meme loop. Yeah, we're out of the. You Damn it! Start a meme war on our <laughs> Facebook page, guys. <laughs> Do it now! <laughs> Do it now! Get to the chopper. You could start there and then. Just, just me more on channeling on Batman Facebook page. Do it. Do you let, think? Let you, them fight. <laughs> do you think this is uh? Well, it says LexCore on the security. Do you, camera. So, do you think that this is? Remember, there is that scene where is this like around the time of the party or? 
I think this is more towards the end of the movie. Remember, there's that scene oh, where, where he, okay, I know it's where Batman about. goes and like destroys the LexCorp and sets it on fire, and there's all those bullets, and then you see the, yeah. the bat battering. It felt like there was something missing there. Like, obviously, Batman shows up and takes the kryptonite, but like. It just kind of abruptly leads to that. There's like, no yeah, was he up. like a full on arsonist or because that's like what it makes it feel like. It like Batman went in Alfred. there and was like, I'm burning this bitch down. Yeah, like I'm going to burn this forest down. But <laughs> like, he learned from his mentor. <laughs> yeah. this is Alfred's like, you know, so if you want to burn something down, I could really help you. Out. <laughs> I know how to do stuff. I am like full blown arsonist. Like I'm a. What do they call people who just love to burn things? Uh, pyromaniacs. Pyrotechni- yeah. Or yeah, pyrotechnics. Pyromaniacs. You're right. Yeah. So we're at uh, 34 so seconds. Awesome. We went back to 34 seconds. I hope that's what that is. Dang. It says LexCorp on it. SC24 KM01, play lock 1571501. I'm sure that means nothing. What do the numbers mean? Probably not, but oh well. So we're at 33 seconds? 33, 34, something 33, like that. 33, 34 seconds, and we're going to hit play in 3, 2, 1, go. And Stop. stop. So I'm guessing because it sounds just like what we heard from the monologue in the beginning and we were just seeing his mouth move while that voice was coming out of it. It is this guy's monologue, but we it's don't like, know who this character yeah, is. Yeah, and it looks like he's out is he outside of Lois's apartment? He's got like there's a, a dog in the background. He's got like a dead eye. I don't know why, but I thought it was like a subway or something at the first glance, but it doesn't look like it now. It looks I, like he's up high. It looks like a, there's definitely a couch in the background here, and he's like standing in a doorway. I feel like the, the lobby of like Lois's apartment, because it looks like right... I don't know, it looks like he's wearing kind of the stuff that he wears. He's got he a rosary on. But why is he Why is he doing a bat symbol? I don't get it. Yeah, there's a bat symbol on the scratch-off ticket. It's a branded scratch-off. Yeah, it's weird. It's... I guess we just have to wait to see how this plays off in context, if it does. We need his monologue to explain this to us. Yeah. Yeah, please monologue more. <laughs> <laughs> please no. So, we're at 37 seconds. There's like seconds. a dog in the background. It, like I said, it looks like the lobby of like, Lois Lane's apartment or like another room or something. Like the guy is at, uh, entering and like they're just having conversations about Batman. You want to buy some scratch cards? Yeah, like maybe. Maybe uh, maybe Batman maybe he Batman was the one scratched like Bruce Wayne was like I'm gonna leave this for Clark like I'm coming for you. Uh, this guy just reminds me of, like the dude on the street with the sign like the rapture's coming and stuff. <laughs> the end is nigh. The end is nigh. Yeah, the apocalypse is coming. So dark side. Yeah, I don't know, man. So we're at 37 seconds. Gonna hit play in three, two, one. Click. Bullet. Lois Lane. Oh, yeah, that bullet was important, wasn't it? Yeah. I love it when Superman destroys that F-16 even though... Gina Malone, stop! Stop! Going back to 47 seconds. So, she's obviously talking about the Lois Lane. Yep. She has, like, the classic Barbara Gordon Oracle kind of look. Hmm. 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 Allegedly. (laughs) I really hope that she's in this movie a lot more. Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully that uh, she dons the suit. That'd be so awesome. She looks good. Yeah, she looks good. She looks exactly like Barbara Gordon. Yeah. Unless she's working at the Daily Planet. 
as what a twist. <laughs> I mean, you, someone's going to take dun, over dun, Jimmy Olsen's role. <laughs> He's <laughs> killed. <true. laughs> yeah. Apparently, if you work at the Daily Planet, you don't need to go to college because that's how Clark got his job. He's like, yeah, just looking for. Yeah, some country boy. Uh, yeah, just, just come on in. <laughs> I know how to use a pencil. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of a computer. I can do this. Do you know the difference between and and or? Hell no, but I can still do it. You're hired. <laughs> You're hired. It's like that scene from uh, the Bear movie. What's that? Ted. Ted, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do anything, and fuck you. You're much. hired. Fuck your wife. I love you. Yeah. On the produce. I fucked her with a parsnip. You're promoted. No one's ever talked to me like that. <laughs> Damn it. That took balls. <laughs> balls of steel. So we're looking at do you think you should get a daily plant though for real? Uh, I don't that think looks so. like an office. <laughs> no. Well, she could just pop is, in to say hey. This might be when she goes and confronts the the one government guy at the the one place in the about bathroom. the bullet. Yeah, yeah. That's Maybe. probably where this is at. Yeah, that could be it too. Yeah, it uh, might be like she's talking to Lois, or like Lois went to her to even talk about what she should do with this bullet situation. Like it'd be so. This guy called Bruce Wayne wants me to work for him as a like undercover secretary or something like it makes more sense if she was more like a government agent that's where she gets kind of her kind of like her background of being like a super awesome hacker lady yeah uh my, like... my dad's jk simmons <laughs> <laughs> oh so we're at 47 seconds looking at jenna malone here and we're gonna hit play in three so beautiful two one click fire That's a new line. I like the music. It's awesome. It's it epic. is really good. It's it's like they finally figured out how to make an awesome like trailer after the movie comes out. It took four tries. I think there's only that one scene of Lex in this whole trailer. Oh, two. Some, some more Doomsday stuff. I wonder how more extended that fight's going to be. I hope it's a lot more extended. It didn't seem kind of uh I thought the length of that fight was okay, but I would have liked to have seen more of the Batman v Superman stuff, you know? Yeah, because that one felt a little short to me. Yeah, like I did as well because like we talked about that before like how like in our like like commentary track on like the aftermath of BVS I said, you know, like, I, like the way that they like made the mo- the trailers, it made the marketing it seem like, was a little misleading. Like, I thought there was gonna be like two or three fights, and there was like a ten minute fight between them. It was less than that. Yeah, I think was, it, someone timed it at like six minutes or something like that's that. That's it. Something. Holy really crap! I believe well, it. Yeah. Six minutes, like that's what... six minutes of a two and a half hour movie called Batman versus Superman is actually the BVS. Oh my god. Thanks, Martha. <laughs> Martha. That's his mom. <laughs> Credits. Uh, that would have been such a better movie. That's his mom. <laughs> Superman has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> like, well, fuck it. Later. Frank Miller's ruining. Oh. You can't handle this. Actually, Frank Miller said he was rooting for uh, Ben Affleck's Batman. He didn't say anything else about the movie, but Dave Gimmons, who... Uh, <laughs> I think it was Dave Gibbons who did the he did the, the penciling for Watchmen, and he also did like Batman. It was Batman and Superman. It was like World's Finest or something. I yeah. don't know some earlier on in the nineties or two thousands, whereas Batman was teaming up with Superman. 
He's like, yeah, that movie wasn't good. I was like, damn. <laughs> and Jeremy Irons said, he, he's like, yeah, that movie deserved better. It's Jeremy Irons, right? And he's like still Alfred, and he's just bashing the freaking Jeremy shit Irons is the in, same like, one that was like, yeah, this movie script is amazing. That's true. He, he did. did say that. He yep. did. He was like, this is phenomenal. And then so, as soon as the movie comes out, oh, I wasn't a big fan of it. So we watched it the second time, did our stops. We're back at absolute zero. We're going to watch it again and just casually talk about whatever. I mean, there's not a lot of things we can stop not with the really, movie not again. that we've already seen. Yeah, it's, it's, we already, it's, it is kind of strange doing a trailer. After I feel like movie. I've seen the whole movie already. <laughs> Kyle, you have. Oh, okay. In this trailer. Okay. You've right. seen the movie in the trailer. In the trailer. Spoiled it. It's like Batman v Superman in one minute and 38 Fucking seconds. Twilight Zone? <laughs> uh, so we're at absolute zero again and going to hit play in three, two, one, click. I really think they need to update that DC Comics logo. Yeah. But why is some random ass dude giving Clark Kent advice about policies and all that stuff? Hey, street rats know all the policies. It's true. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We get the shower scene. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. Hopefully what if that like... scene is immediately after the Clark and Lois bath scene? <laughs> <laughs> immediately after. Like, I, I will dirty. not be able to hide my raging <laughs> BB. <laughs> We know you're a nice guy. Superman's such Stop a Stop apologizing for being Superman, Superman. Just, just smile already. <laughs> Be happy. You can fly. I never asked for these responsibilities. Okay, Frodo. Yeah. Rated R. Rated R. I love it. For sequences of violence. Awesome. So, are you guys gonna pick up the the Blu-ray when it comes out seven nineteen? I think I'm just gonna pick up the normal edition because this is too much for me. <laughs> it's too violent. Yeah, I can't handle rated R unless my mom buys it for me. Um, <laughs> but are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna buy the ultimate cut digitally first since it comes out like three weeks before? Because that said six twenty eight, right? Am I six twenty eight and then seven nineteen for the Blu-ray? Yep. Own it on digital HD six twenty eight and Blu-ray seven nineteen. Like I don't know if I can handle like four more weeks of that. Like because right now it's only we're only three weeks away from from that digital copy. I might purchase that and just watch it on my iMac and then go buy. Damn it, Warner Brothers! You know how to <laughs> the marketing. Damn you! I was yeah, getting I, it for my I'll money. Just, I'll just wait till it comes out. Yeah, I'm just gonna pick up the Blu-ray copy. eventually. Yeah. I wonder if it, I wonder if that Ultimate Cut will just be leaked online. Oh, you know it will. Be. <laughs> do you do you think it'll be that day? Yeah, probably. But... If there's a digital copy of it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be that day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make it really easy. <laughs> awesome. The platform is there. Um. So yeah, there there's that. There's our trailer breakdown of the Ultimate. Are you guys more excited, edition? less excited? What? For this, they spoiled too much of the movie for me. 
Tom? I mean, I'd like to see the way it was originally supposed to be cut. So, I mean, I'm excited for it. But, I mean, I've seen the film, so I'm happy with the film for the most part, other than it's normal things we've already spoke about. But, yeah, I'm excited for this. But I'm not going to buy the digital copy beforehand. I'll just wait the extra three weeks. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm too curious. Yeah, so. I'm too bad curious about it. Yeah, so that does it for the trailer breakdown. Get ready to hear our interview with Greg Weisman. Welcome to episode 64 of Shannon on Batman. Tonight we are happy to welcome Greg Weisman as our next guest. Throw a rock and you can uh, find something that Greg has worked on. Uh, here's just a short list of the things that Greg has been a part of. Gargoyles, Spectacular Spider-Man, Beware the Batman, The Batman, Batman the Brave and Bold, Young Justice, and Star Wars Rebels. Please give a warm Shailen on Batman welcome to Greg Weissman. Thank you for being on the show, Greg. Happy to be here. Thank you, thank you. So before we get into like Batman talk, uh, you were part of like one of our favorite uh, television animated shows of all time, Gargoyles. Like when I was a kid, I, re- I remember watching Batman the Animated Series, Spider Man, X Men, and Gargoyles. Let's talk about Gargoyles for a second. Um, what was how did how did that project come to fruition for you? Did you pitch to the studio that you want to do something like that, or did they come or uh, talk to you about it? Uh, no, it was my idea. I created it, um, but I was a at the time I was a development executive for uh, Walt Disney Company specifically, Walt Disney Television Animation. So um, that was my job coming up with new shows. So uh, we pitched Garwell's originally as a comedy adventure show. Um, and we pitched to Michael Eisner, who at the time was the chairman of the Walt Disney Company. And he passed. He didn't like it. But we thought there was something in the idea. So we uh, tried again, um, reconfigured it as a uh, uh, an action drama with humor and romance and all sorts of things, sort of multi-genre kind of thing that it was. Um, and we got very enthusiastic about that version of the show, and we created this huge pitch with all these characters, the pack and the mutates and everything in there. Um, and we pitched this giant property to Eisner, and he passed. He didn't like it. Um, but... Uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg and my uh, immediate bosses, uh, Gary Chrysler and Bruce Cranston, liked it. And they sent me back to the drawing board a third time. So uh, my team and I sat down and said, well, okay, what are we going to change about the show this time? And we decided nothing. We loved the show. The show was the right show. The problem was the pitch. And so we uh, cut the pitch way down. And really focused the pitch on the Goliath Elisa relationship, this sort of Beauty and the Beast relationship. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but back in the day, Disney had this little movie called Beauty and the Beast. It did, a, it did pretty well for the company. And so we thought maybe they'd go for that. Um, and uh, we pitched it to Eisner for a third time, and this time he bought it. And we went and made the show. And I like the show so much that I moved over from being a development executive to uh, being uh, a producer on the show. So I read that uh, 
gargoyles as well as some of uh, your other work has a lot to do with uh, Shakespeare. Could you uh, get into that a little bit? Well, I'm just a huge fan of Shakespeare, and so um, uh, it started on Gargoyle specifically uh, with a character uh, called Macbeth um, that we, it was inspired initially by Shakespeare's Macbeth, but ultimately by the historical Macbeth, which is a slightly different story, um, actually a hugely different story. Um, And from there we added the Weird Sisters and Puck and Oberon and Titania and ultimately Falstaff and a whole bunch of other uh, Shakespearean characters or characters inspired by Shakespeare. And part of that was me and part of it was the writers working for me um, knew that I was a Shakespeare fanatic and thought that if they uh, threw Shakespeare into the episodes that I'd sign off on it more quickly. Um, so they were trying to manipulate me and, um, I knew what they were doing, but I didn't care. It worked. So, um, we, uh, just kept putting more Shakespeare into it and that's, and I love it. So, you know, I put Shakespeare into spectacular Spider-Man and, and frankly, anywhere I can fit it in, I try and sneak a little Shakespeare in. in, So, right. All these characters, that you have written for are all tragic characters, just like the characters of Shakespeare. So we can, it's so easy. I don't think, I don't think they're all tragic characters um, at all, nor do I think all of Shakespeare's characters are tragic. Um, So I, I wouldn't agree with that assessment at all. Has anyone ever approached you about the idea of a live action gargoyles? Yeah, we actually developed a live-action Gargoyles movie in the 90s while the show was going um, with Touchstone Films, which was a division of Disney. Um, it, it, I, it, Michael Reeves and I were the original writers on the project. Um, I didn't like the direction they were heading, so I, at the time, dropped out. Um, and Michael was then later let go, and they went through five or ten other writers and then ultimately put uh, put the project on hold, um, in the interim. I mean, since then I've tried many times to get Disney interested in doing a live action Gargoyles movie, um, without any luck. Uh, but yeah, I think it would make a great film. I really do, but it's tough to convince Disney of that right now because they've got these, you know, two little franchises called Star Wars and Marvel, um, which do fairly well for them. And so, you know, if you're going to make a big action movie, um, it's kind of tough to get them to take a risk on Gargoyle uh, when they've got such great franchises in Star Wars and Marvel. Um, and Gargoyles would be a risk because, you know, a great movie could be made out of Gargoyles, but let's face it, a crappy movie could be made out of Gargoyles too. And so it's a risk. And their slate is very full with these two big franchises when it comes to action movies. It's tough to get them to focus on anything else in that genre. Right on. Um, So let's get into the Batman stuff now. What was your first interaction with the character of Batman? Was it the book? Was it comic books? The 66 TV series? Batman 89? Where did it start for you? 
you know, probably started with um, the Adam West series, I guess. Um, I mean, it's, it was all around the same time, so it's, it's really hard for me to say whether I saw the series first and then started buying comics or the other way around. Um, you know, I was born in 63, so I was a little kid when the series came out. Right. The odds are I probably saw the series first, but I don't have a clear memory of seeing it first. I mean, I always, always had comic books, so... Um, tough for me to sort of say which came first but um you know when i watched the adam west series as a kid i didn't realize it was camp that never even crossed my mind um i just took it as a great adventure story every week um twice a week actually and uh and just you know loved it um so i i guess that's probably where it started but i was also very early on reading Batman comics as well in the late 60s and definitely in the 70s. Now, when you are writing the character of Batman, do you find yourself gravitating to a certain uh, like version of the, of the character or do you try to put your own spin on him more often than not? Neither. Um, I'm trying to do what makes sense to me. For Batman, and I've seen aspects of it in, in different works. Um, you know, part of it also has to do with, you know, where we're talking about. I mean, in other words, if, if I'm doing Batman Brave and the Bold, then I'm taking my cues from uh, James Tucker and Michael Jelinek, because that's their show, not mine. I'm just a freelancer on it. If I'm doing... Uh, where the Batman, I'm taking my cue from Mick Watson, who was my story editor on that. If I'm doing The Batman, I was taking my cue first from Dwayne Capizzi and then Michael Jelinek, because again, that was their show. I've also written comics with Batman in it. For example, I, pretty early on in my career, I wrote a Captain Adam issue that guest starred Batman. And I just tried to do the Batman that makes sense to me and that I recall it's not, it's not me trying to do my twist on it or my take on it, even when I'm the one controlling it, for example, in Young Justice. Um, I'm just trying to do the Batman that that works for me. Um, yeah, that is the, from my point of view, and again, it's just my point of view, but is the archetypal Batman. Um, uh, and so that's... Uh, sort of my approach to it. it. Not just to Batman, but if I'm doing Spider-Man, it's the same thing if I'm doing Superman or Dick Grayson or um, Wally West or whatever. I'm trying to get down to the core of what the character is and bring that character to life. You talked about Young Justice, and we've had, we had Brandon Vietti on and we had Jay Levy on. How did, the, how did Young Justice come about for you? Uh, well, I was, uh, I had just finished Spectacular Spider-Man at, uh, Sony, um, and I was contacted by Sam Register, who was and, and still is head of, uh, Warner Brothers Television Animation, um, and Sam wanted to, you know, like Spider-Man and like my work and wanted to bring me over to Warner Brothers and specifically wanted to team me up with, with Brandon, 
and I, if you've had Brandon on, he may have told you most of the story already, but uh, Sam's initial thought was to team us up on a Green Lantern television series, um, with the catch being that we couldn't use uh, Hal Jordan uh, or John Stewart in more than a cameo role. Um, so you take the two most famous Green Lanterns and you sort of say, well, you can have them appear in the show, but they can't be the leads. So Brandon and I uh, sat down and came up with what we thought was a very cool idea for um, young Green Lanterns in training, um, with our lead being Charlie Vickers, which is a relatively obscure Green Lantern character who I've always loved. Um, and we had Arisia and Arcus Chumuk and various other characters in this very young justice version of the Green Lantern Corps. Um, and then um, the live action Green Lantern movie got delayed. I don't remember the details, but I just remember it got delayed. And so because of that, they were delaying the Green Lantern cartoon show. And, uh, but Sam didn't want us to wait around. So he reassigned us to a Space Ghost show. Um, so for, a few weeks, we were, uh, Brandon and I were developing Space Ghost, and we are going to team Space Ghost with the Herculoids and, um, and various other Hanna-Barbera action characters um, and have some fun with that. We were very excited about that. And then Sam came back to us and said, uh, we can't sell the Space Ghost show. Um, there's uh, Consumer Products is telling us there's not enough money in it to pay for the show. So we're, we want you to do something along the lines of Young Justice, like uh, Justice League slash Teen titans kind of show. And Brandon and I both said no. <laughs> 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 we, were t- we were terrified of the idea because, you know, um, there had just been Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. There had just been Teen Titans. Those are all three great shows. Um, very different, but great. Um, and we were just like... Uh, it was too soon, we thought, and how could we compete with those shows? And, and you know, we definitely thought we'd suffer in comparison. Um, but they also teamed us up with Phil Barassa as a character designer. Phil's work was so gorgeous. We were like, now nah, there's got to be something we can do here. Um, and Brandon really came up with the key to this. He uh, came up with the idea of making it, um, first and foremost, a spy show. Right. Um, and then... Secondly, a uh, show about teenagers, and then only third, a show about superheroes. And that that different twist on it was enough for to hook me in, and him in, and Phil in, and the three of us sort of set to work um, to come up with the show that eventually became the Young Justice that you guys saw on the air. Awesome. So, when working on Young Justice, was there, like, a one character in particular that you enjoyed working on the most, or, like, a relationship that you enjoyed writing? You know, I really loved all the characters. In a way, it feels like they're all my kids, and it's hard to pick between them. The, the character who was most fun to write dialogue for was uh, G. Gordon Godfrey. He was always just um, a blast to write lines for. And when we got Tim Curry to play it, 
um, particularly after we got Tim to play it. So I knew who I was writing for specifically. Yeah. Um, Tim just did such amazing, funny um, stuff with what we gave him for G. Gordon. He just took it and made it so rich. And we would couldn't, once we knew it was him, we could write to that. Um, so the first G. Gordon appearance, we didn't know who was going to play it um, when we wrote the script. But the ones after that, we knew it was uh, going to be Tim, so we could write to Tim specifically. Um, but Tim is so great that, you know, even that first appearance, which wasn't written specifically for him, plays like it was. Um, so he was, without a doubt, the most fun to write dialogue for. Uh, but really, I enjoyed, I loved all the characters. Um, you know, it's, you know, really warm feelings toward it, especially the original, you know, seven or eight leads that we had, and then the season two leads coming in, we didn't get quite as much time to explore except Blue Beetle, um, who was also a lot of fun to write for, but I really enjoyed them all, you know, Virgil Hawkins and Wonder Girl. I feel like we found ways to really bring each of them to a very specific life, even if they only got limited screen time. Uh, we talked about this with uh, Jay and Brandon, but there's like a crazy online movement to bring back Young Justice to like Netflix platform. Well, I don't think it's crazy at all. Um, and I started it. Um, what happened is, is that uh, Young Justice went off the air because the toy line failed and the toys are what paid for the show. And we could argue forever about why that should be or why the toys failed or why should a show like that be dependent on toys? None of that matters. I mean, at the end of the day, the money for the budget for the show came from the toy company. The toy line failed. The money got cut off. Hence, we had no third season. Right. Um, but the world has changed some since then in just those few years. And the main change, of course, is Netflix and other uh, on-demand services like Netflix. And so what happened is, is that uh, we had, season one had been on Netflix for some amount of time, but season two had not. So when this past February, when season two premiered, I started a campaign on Twitter, which was hashtag keep binging YJ. Um, and I said, look, there's a pragmatic, there, in fact, I came up with three pragmatic ways to get Warner Brothers' attention and demonstrate to them that the property was now financially viable again. The first way, and, and I think the most important, is the Keep Binging YJ hashtag, because uh, Netflix, uh, unlike Nielsen ratings, which is done by getting sample households and then making statistical predictions based on these handful of households, Netflix literally knows exactly who's watching, exactly how many times they're watching, when they're watching, how long they're watching. Those statistics are very specific, very, very real. So if Young Justice fans all, and, part, and a big challenge there is just spreading the word about it, that they all start watching uh season one and season two on Netflix over and over again, 
you know, binge watch it while they're sleeping. I binge watch it while they're washing the dishes. I don't even care if they're actually watching it. Just turn it on and let it run. Um, if they binge that show over and over and over again, they're showing Netflix and Warner Brothers that this show has a value, an economic value. No one's arguing about the creative value. Everyone agrees that the show is creatively pretty damn strong and certainly loved by its specific fandom. That's not a question. What's a question is, is it financially viable? Because at the end of the day, these are entertainment companies. They're not entertainment charities. Um, and so is it viable? So that's one way to prove that it's viable. The second way is uh, hashtag buy YJ Blu-rays and DVDs. Um, because if they go out, if fans go out and buy the DVDs or buy the Blu-rays of season one and season two, um, all of which are available uh, through Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. And if they buy those, then Warner Brothers Home Entertainment goes to Warner Brothers Animation and says, wow, we're making a lot of money off these Young Justice DVDs. Can you guys make more? And then the third way is uh, to buy the YJ Comics on Comixology or on iTunes. Now, Young Justice, the show, is owned by Warner Brothers Animation, but the property itself is owned by DC Comics. Now, both of those are divisions of Time Warner. But still, DC Comics gets money every time you buy some of our companion Young Justice comics, which most of which I wrote, and are all in continuity with the show, right down to the timestamps, just like on the show. So you can know exactly where it fits into continuity. Any comic book story, you can figure out exactly where it fits into the Young Justice continuity, because they all have timestamps. Um, and if you buy those books on Comixology or iTunes, um, you are putting money in DC's pocket, and DC goes to Warner Brothers Animation and says, hey, we're making a lot of money on these Young Justice comics. What if you made more shows? Or at the very least, DC could say, well, we'll make more comics. And that would be another way for us to continue telling Young Justice stories. So these are three pragmatic ways to get... Uh, the show up and running again. And I say this with all seriousness. I don't think it's pie in the sky. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. I don't even work at Warner Brothers anymore, though I go back at the drop of a hat if I had a chance to do Young Justice again. And I know that both Brandon and Phil feel the same way. Um, we'd love to do more Young Justice, and we're happy to do it, assuming they order more. But I think this is a realistic, pragmatic way to get the companies to take a close look at the property again and think about making more. Um, so it's not a guarantee, but it's real. It's not a fantasy. Gotcha. So, I mean, obviously it's really near and dear to you. What did, was there a lot of, uh, was there a lot of stories that you guys like wanted to get to? Like, did you guys have a, a like backlog of stuff you wanted to write? Yeah, definitely. Gotcha. We've got C 
season three basically planned out. I don't mean every little detail. Oh, wow. But by the time we were done with season two, we pretty much knew what we wanted to do for season three. And we've got a general idea for probably at least seasons four, five, and six, maybe wow. further into seven and eight. Um, again, the further out you get, the more general it becomes and the less specific. But um, when you're season three, we've got very clear ideas on for what we would do. And like I said, you know, I've had conversations with Brandon and Phil. They both still work at Warner Brothers um, doing other things, but all three of us would happily uh, jump back to Young Justice anytime uh, they say go. Yeah, and there's a, that, that online movement is just like, it's a fire pitch. Everyone, every, like every day I'm seeing somebody tweet out, bring back Young Justice, or on Facebook, I'm, I'm watching Young Justice, I wish there was a season three or season four. There's definitely that online movement for it, and like, there's definitely, it sounds like there's a, a desire from you and from Brandon and from Phil to do another, at least another season, and now that we're hearing that you have ideas for potentially a, up to a season eight, that even gets us even more jazzed, because we kind of, we grew up with yeah, the end. And, and don't, don't focus on eight as if, like, that's the end. It doesn't end. Because by the time we got to eight, we'd be ready with nine and ten. I mean, you know, I, I, the point is, is that this is a great ongoing continuity. It's what we, what we call Earth 16. Um, and uh, we could do this forever. Um, so, you know, the fact that I don't know what happens in season nine doesn't mean, like, we have some plan to end it in season eight. It doesn't end. Um, doesn't ever end. That was another thing. You know, I kept getting people, first off, people tweeted me going, why did you cancel Young Justice? I'm like, I didn't cancel it. That put me out of work. Why would I do that? <laughs> uh, second of all, uh, they're like, bring it back. And I'm like, I don't have the power to bring it back. The fans do. You know, and the question becomes, I mean, you talk about this internet movement, and here's the big question I have that I honestly am just not clear on which is anecdotally, there's no doubt that the fans love Young Justice and want it back. But what I'm very unclear on myself is just how big that fandom is. Um, you know, a lot of fans follow me on Twitter. I'm at, uh, at Greg underscore Weissman, and my name's W-E-I-S-M-A-N. So at Greg underscore Weissman, you can follow me on Twitter. And I've got a bunch of Young Justice fans following me. But they're still only in the thousands. And that's a nice number for a guy like me to have as Twitter followers, but it's kind of meaningless in a big picture sense. You know, we need hundreds of thousands. Honestly, we need millions. So the question becomes, are they out there or are there really like, you know, nine, 10,000 fans, which isn't enough. Um, and I don't know the answer. I honestly don't, you know, every day, someone tweets me the exact same questions that someone else tweeted me about Young Justice the day before. So are they finding it for the first time? Or are they just finding me for the first time? I don't have any notion. It's very unclear to me, you know, when someone tweets me and says, you know, the fans are legion and we want it back. I'm like, well, the fans definitely want it back, but I'm not clear if they are legion or not. Are you clear? Are you sure? I don't know. Um, and so it's sort of tough to get a handle on that. And to be clear, you know, the hashtag that I'm pushing most is 
hashtag keep binging YJ. There's a, there's a renew young justice hashtag, which is all very nice. Got nothing against it, but I don't understand what it's supposed to accomplish. They, they tweet that to me as if I could personally renew the show. And of course I can't. Uh, a, a, I don't even work at Warner Brothers. And even when I did, I didn't have that power. Um, so what good is Renew Young Justice? I mean, what does that accomplish? Who is that for except for the fans among themselves? What I like about the Keep Binging YJ hashtag is that it's a call to action. It tells you what we need you to do in the hashtag. Keep Binging YJ or buy YJ DVDs or buy YJ comics on Comixology. Um, those are all calls to action. And so those are hashtags that are more useful than just the sort of generic, we want more young justice or renew young justice or something like that. Those are all nice, but they don't actually do anything. Gotcha. Um, so we're actually going to get ready to wrap it up here. Can you share with us what you're currently working on? Uh, sure. Um, I've written a couple novels, uh, Reign of the Ghosts and Spirits of Ash and Foam. Um, I'm really proud of these novels. They're the first two books in a nine-book series. They're both out. You can get them on Amazon, Amazon or at any bookstore. They don't happen to have them on the shelf the day you walk in. You can go to the front desk and order them. Um, they're in print. Um, we also did uh, a radio, an audio play of Reign of the Ghosts. Um, this is not just a standard audio book with one narrator just reading the whole book front to back. This is an unabridged, full-cast audio play with 20 actors playing 30 roles. Actors include actors um, from Young Justice, like Brighton James, who played Virgil Hawkins, um, Vanessa Marshall, who played Black Canary, uh, Eric Lopez, who played Blue Beetle, um, actors from Star Wars Rebels, like Steve Bloom, plays uh, Zeb Aurelius, um, actors from Gargoyles like Tom Adcox, who played Lexington, and Ed Asner, who played Hudson, Jeff Bennett, who played Brooklyn, um, from Spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, we've got Spider-Man, Josh Keaton, um, and Maria Sirtis and Brent Spiner from Star Trek The Next Generation. It's really a phenomenal cast of 20 actors playing 30 roles. We've got a full musical score, almost four hours of original music um, composed by the same trio of composers who did Young Justice, who did Spectacular Spider-Man, who did Justice League Unlimited, who worked on Batman the Animated Series. Um, we have sound effects. It is like a four-hour movie in your head with everything but the picture. Uh, and I'm really proud of it. I mean, obviously, I worked on it. Obviously, I'm biased, but um, it, there were so many great people who worked on it. I can honestly say that it turned out just phenomenally, way beyond my expectation. And you can download it now at uh, a website called gumroad.com, G-U-M-R-O-A-D.com, slash reign of the ghosts. And reign is spelled R-A-I-N of the ghosts, plural. So I've got those things going. I am also uh, working on a separate novel called World of Warcraft Traveler, which comes out in November. And I'm finishing that up literally this week. Um, and that's a book set in the universe of World of Warcraft. 
it's canon to the universe. Um, and it's the first in a series of books set, uh, in the world of Warcraft universe. It's called Traveler. And then my day job is I'm working on a preschool show called Shimmer and Shine, um, for Nickelodeon. Awesome. awesome. So where can we find you on social media? Uh, on Twitter, I'm, uh, at Greg underscore Weissman. I'm on Facebook. I got a couple pages on Facebook. Uh, one is, uh, I guess a professional page and one is a, um, personal page. And the honest truth is I don't know which is which. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook is a mystery to me. Twitter, I more or less understand how it works. Facebook, I cannot figure out to save my life. Um, but I try and go on both every night for, uh, you know, probably about half hour on each every night. Um, if you've got questions that you want more in-depth answers for, the best way to reach me is at my website, which is called askgregweisman.com, one word, A-S-K-G-R-E-G-W-E-I-S-M-A-N.com. Um, Ask Greg Weissman, I've been answering questions originally about gargoyles, but since then about every other show I've done, including Witch and Spider-Man and Max Steel and Young Justice, Aware of the Batman, etc. Um, and I've been answering questions there for going on 17, 18 years now. Um, and all the questions are archived. So the first thing you can do in the archive is searchable. So you can... If you've got a question about gargoyles or a question about gun justice, the odds are I've answered it before. And you can go to the archives and search the, for your question and probably find the answer in a couple minutes. Um, on the off chance you've thought of a question that I've never answered before, um, you can post that question there. I'm about admittedly a year behind answering questions, but I do answer uh, five questions every weekday. Um, and so I'll get to it eventually. Um, if you've got a quick question, you know, that only requires a short answer, um, Twitter's probably the best way to find me. But if you, you know, I'm not going to go into depth on Twitter with only a hundred and however many characters, right. um, for my answer. So if you've got a question that requires any kind of in-depth answer, um, then ask Greg Weissman is the place to go. Awesome. Greg, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, and we really appreciate all the work you've done. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. I'm